The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. On that day as evening drew on, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us cross to the other side. Leaving the crowd, they took Jesus with them in a boat just as he was, and other boats were with him. A violent squall came up and waves were breaking over the boat so that it was already filling up. Jesus was in the stern asleep on a cushion. They woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up, rebuked the wind and the sea, and said to the sea, Quiet, be still. The wind ceased and there was great calm. Then he asked them, why are you terrified? Do you not yet have faith? They were filled with great awe and said to one another, who then is this whom even wind and sea obey? The Gospel of the Lord. It's really a profound joy and honor to to celebrate this anniversary Mass for Chris and Teresa. And uh, it's really something awe-inspiring, too, just like about how dates fall. And and today's also Father's Day, and and it's also the year of St. Joseph. So, you know, I think there really are, like, special graces for Father's Day in the year of St. Joseph. And... um, it's the role that he too plays often quietly in our lives. In the gospel reading today, you know, it's a familiar scene where our Lord, he, he leaves the crowds and, and he goes into this boat with his disciples and they're going across the sea and, and, and then this big storm comes and starts tossing the boat around and water's coming over and they're bailing water out and, and they're trying to stay afloat and they don't know if they're going to get capsized and, and they're all sort of terrified. And, and finally, and they look over at Jesus and he's just like asleep. And finally they wake him up and they're just like, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Don't you care about us? And then I always imagine our Lord sort of like, you know, stretching his arms out a little bit and being like, quiet, be still. I don't know if he's talking to his disciples or the sea, but so he says, quiet, be still. And then everything calms down. And then there's this sort of rebuke that he gives them when he says, why are you terrified? Do you not yet have faith? And and for me, when I hear that, I think about the disciples who are always with Jesus. And, and sometimes I fool myself into thinking, like, if I was with Jesus and I could see him and I could touch him and I could listen to him, I would never be afraid of anything. But these people were with him every single day and they were still terrified. And do you not have faith is, is really an invitation to have something more. Right? It's an invitation to something more. It's the realization that you know, there's some part of, of the disciples' hearts that they have still haven't given to him or, 
or some part of their life that they haven't surrendered to him. There's something more that he wants for them. You know, and the more that he wants for them it is, is that he wants them to know that kind of safety and security that he feels. He wants them also to be able to sleep in the midst of the storm or to be at peace in the midst of the storm. And I think about our own lives and just how, like, it's easy to become unsettled in things. Like, over the last year, there's been plenty of occasions where, you know, I woke up, like, giving manifestos in my head. And, you know, if only, like, the leaders in the church would do what I think, like, the church would be at peace and the world would be great. And, and like, I'm just not at peace. And, and sometimes I am at peace, and I think, oh, I've arrived. And then, like, oh, then we're, like, not, because we forget. Like, we forget. And our Lord never forgets, and our Lord shows us how to never forget. And, and I was reflecting on, like, how is our Lord able to, to sleep in the midst of that storm? Because in the storms of our own lives, we have to be able to stay at peace. And, and so, in prayer, I just asked him, like, Jesus, like, how are you able to do that? And and really what, what I started to see was that he, when he goes to sleep, he goes, it's another way in which he goes to the Father. And, and he goes to be with the Father. In the Song of Songs, in chapter 3, it says, On my bed at night, I sought him whom my heart loves. And, and oftentimes it's when we go to sleep that our minds are racing. And, and really what we're looking for is security. And we're looking for that abiding presence. How many of your little ones, like as soon as they like crawl up on top of you and they're like snuggling, they just fall asleep as they're abiding? In married life, hopefully, like as you go to sleep, you're abiding. And so as our Lord sleeps, he's always abiding in the Father's love. It's just like when he goes up the mountain to pray to abide in the Father's love. And another question to ask him, like, Jesus, how, do you, how did you know how to do that? Like, how do you develop that habit of the heart? And, and there's a reality that in his humanity, he learned that from his parents. Like, he learned that from his parents. And, and I was, you know, thinking about especially St. Joseph on this Father's Day and, and how Joseph is betrothed to marry Mary and he's going to marry her but then he finds out she's pregnant by the power of the Holy Spirit he doesn't want to marry her he's going to divorce her quietly then an angel comes in a dream and says don't be afraid to take her as your wife and he's able to say okay and he takes her as his wife and then an angel comes in another dream and says like drop everything and go to Egypt now I don't know about y'all but I had a dream that like you're supposed to drop everything and go to Mississippi. Like I, I don't know that I would probably think I had like a bad Mexican food or something. But Joseph goes and then Jesus is growing up in Egypt. And so he probably learns how to walk in Egypt and and he's got friends in Egypt and he goes to the playground in Egypt or, you know, and, and does things that little Egyptian boys do. And he has like a community and one day, his parents come to him and say, uh, pack your stuff, we're leaving to go back to Nazareth. And I'm sure like any little boy, he would say something like, why do we have to move? 
because the Father told me in another dream. And he saw that Joseph trusted in the Father and just the way of life in the Holy Family as he was growing up was that his parents always trusted in the Father and they saw God's providence in everything that they do. It's an amazing thing. And, and in St. Joseph's life, you know, like to think about that, how he was meant to be an image of God the Father in the life of Jesus. Like, like God the Father is looking down at St. Joseph and saying something like, okay, I need to find the person who's going to best represent me to the second person of the Holy Trinity, the eternal son of the Father, as he grows up in his humanity. I choose you. It's an amazing thing. And it's also something to reflect on for our own lives because every single one of you has that vocation to be an image of God's presence in the life of your little ones. And, and every single one of you, God the Father looked at and said, I need somebody to be the image of my love and my presence and my protection in the life of these children. I choose you. And that's a dynamic that should move us all. And it's really also why we need both the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary and St. Joseph. And, and sometimes we forget about that. And as we learn from them, then we, we don't forget as much <laughs> to abide in the Father's love. You know, we don't forget as much to abide in the Father's love. And that's the goal we all have for holiness is to always remember that abiding in his love. That's every single mass we come to remember the love of our Lord that he had for us on Calvary. And remembering is a good thing because then, then we always act out of that love. And so it's really a beautiful thing today as we celebrate this Mass of Thanksgiving on the 40th anniversary of your marriage. Because today, like after the homily, I'll invite Chris and Teresa forward to, to remember the promises that you made 40 years ago. And all of the graces that God has given you in that time. In thanksgiving for your fidelity. You know, in Thanksgiving for, you know, on a very, like, personal note, on, in Thanksgiving for the way in which you promised to be open to the children that God would bring you. And you were open to all of the children here, and, and you were also open to my younger brother, which was part of that promise, right? It was part of that promise. You know, and in, it was a really concrete way in which... I or my parents said, like, who can best represent God's love in the life of my little brother? And your openness to that is amazing. And has borne great fruit, right? Has borne great fruit. And 
So even at the beginning of Mass, it's all like your grandkids are bringing up flowers. It's the fruitfulness of the fidelity to those promises that you made 40 years ago. And, and it's worth stopping to abide in that, right? To just abide in wonder at what God has done in your life and in your lives together and will continue to do. And so today with great thanksgiving, we, we just ask Almighty God to help us to grow closer to the heart of Jesus and, and to really imitate him. And in the midst of whatever is unexpected, whatever is crazy, whatever doesn't seem to be going our way, in the midst of the sufferings that we've endured, to give thanks to him for the ways in which he's called us to abide. And ask for the grace to always stay close to the heart of Jesus. That we may continue to be images of his love within our own families and in our communities and in the world around us. Thank you. 
Let us stand and profess our faith. I believe in one God.